0: So uh, to give you another example that goes along with what you were talking about, with web design, you can do the same thing with copywriting. Write a few emails for the client and say, "Hey, I've got some emails for you. Um, like I've been I've been I've been following you on online, or I'm on your email list or whatever. And I wrote a few emails for you. Uh, they're free, and uh, you can you can use them. And the only thing that I ask is that if they perform well." Um, you let me know? Just let me know how they did. And that's your whole pitch.
1: You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Putnam, and I'm joined today by Dennis DeMori. How you doing, brother? Hey, man, great to, uh, great to meet you finally. Yeah, man, same here. Seen you for the past two years, and we've interacted quite a bit, never actually had a conversation, so this will be our, uh, how we consummate it.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited to speak with you. I, I, has it been two years already? I know I've, been, I've seen you on my timeline for a while now, but uh, time flies, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think I first discovered you right when I joined Twitter in January of last year. Oh, I do remember that. I do, I do remember that you
0: you didn't join that long ago, and I've, I've been on there since like 2008, and I, I took a, a kind of a break for a while. Uh, I was on Facebook a lot more, and then I was getting bored with Facebook, so then I went back on Twitter, and now I'm on both, and uh, I've been more active on, on Twitter now for the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, and you're putting out good stuff, man. Um... Your main shtick is freelancing, right? Yeah, so I, I do a few
0: different things. Now, I do freelancing. I've also, uh, I'm also creating and, and, um, and promoting info products, so I have a handful of those uh, about freelancing and online marketing and, and email marketing stuff. And then I've got a small paid membership community. So I've got some guys in there, and we talk about how to... grow your online business most of them are freelancers and coaches like uh, like fitness coaches but yeah we we focus on how to how to to identify your target how to get your clients how to get better results with email and all that stuff
1: yeah it's funny because to me freelancing is pretty much how it goes for anyone just starting you know with uh, information products or any kind of digital presence outside of an e-comm store. It's always essentially freelancing until you establish a base.
0: Yeah, I, I think freelancing is the way to start. I would say freelancing uh, and, and uh, affiliate marketing, because those are the easiest ones to learn. You don't have to own a product. Uh, I mean, you don't need to have any product inventory like you would with SaaS. Uh, I'm sorry. not stats, like e-commerce, and uh, you can get pretty much up and running right away. You just need a laptop and internet connection, and you're good to go. So that's where I started. That's why I still do it. Freelancing is a good cash flow business. Uh, at the same time, I see some guys that, that try to jump right into drop shipping or e-commerce, and I think that's just way harder. I haven't done it myself because of that, because it, there's just a lot more, a lot more moving pieces. With physical products, uh, and then same thing with SaaS. SaaS is more I see that as more complicated. SaaS, if you don't know, that's software as a service, like uh, like Mailchimp or Zoom or Netflix, right? And uh, that takes a long time to to get traction. So, if you're a beginner, that's why I recommend you go, you start with freelancing and, and affiliate marketing. You can do both at the same time uh, it's going to teach you a lot about how to run and grow a business. And when I got started that first year or two was, was terrible because I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never run an actual business before and, and it's a lot to learn. So, um, so that's where I started. That's what I still do, except I've layered some other things on top right now. And, uh, yeah,
1: excited to talk about freelancing today. If that's, if that's what we want to focus on. Yeah, sure, man. You know, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my audience have uh, reached out and asked questions, you know, how do I get started with, you know, learning cold email or learning warm email or building an email list. Yeah. And that, those are great questions and all, but what are you focusing on in those cold emails or those, you know, you have to have some kind of incentive to warm up your audience. You right. know, they have to be there for something. So what is it you're doing? And they go, well, I just want to start an online business. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Okay. But what kind? You know, I said earlier, you know, if you can't answer that question, what do you want to do? Then you're not going to start. You have to answer that question first. So when you started freelancing, what was your main uh, type of freelancing you did? Was it email marketing, affiliate? What was that?
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's a common problem. Like one of the biggest issues with, with business, it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or if you're way, way ahead, is clarity. Like you, you always need to know what you're focusing on. Cause if you don't, you're going to waste a lot of time and energy. So when I got started, I had the same problem. I was kind of all over the place. I kept changing niches every couple of months and I just didn't know where to put my, my energy. And I was a web designer first, or at least I tried to be. So that was my thing. I was reading about web design, teaching myself. I went to a school to learn some, uh, some of that stuff uh, for a couple months. And, uh, I think, I think when I first got started, it was just like, I'll do anything. So I, uh, I made a website for my brother cause he had just started a business too. And then I was trying to get more clients and it just it didn't take. So I heard about content writing, got into that. And that was the first thing I, I started doing, uh, after web design. So I was just writing here and there. I was doing blog posts. I was doing website copy. So I started as a content writer. And it was, it was blog posts, I think for like 60 bucks a pop and website copy. And I did that for a few months and then I found out about direct response copywriting and I found out you could you could actually make a lot more doing that and that it was more focused on sales. So as soon as I heard about that, I dove right in and I, uh, I'm trying to remember now, uh, I think I was still kind of in like the, the, the do, take what you can get stage. So I didn't focus on any type of niche. And then over time I focused on a few different niches. So I was trying to do product launches uh, and I think some other things. And eventually I landed on email uh, marketing, which is what I, I uh, still do now. So uh, for a complete beginner, um, somebody who's new to making money online and somebody who's new to freelancing, one of the first things you to think about is like what type of niche you're going to work in, what type of service you're going to provide, right? Because uh, freelancing doesn't, doesn't tell you that. Freelancing just means you're working on your own. You're an independent contractor. You're the boss. You don't have employees. Uh, freelancing doesn't tell you exactly what type of service you're offering. Uh, for someone starting out, there's a, a lot of different things you can do. You can do graphic design. You can do copywriting. You can do content writing like I used to do. Uh, that's, that's definitely a viable option, even though that's not what I stuck with. So you can do all those things. You can also do uh, web design or SEO or uh, Facebook ads. So it's important to find something that you actually enjoy doing. Uh, you shouldn't hate it. Because you're obviously you're not going to last too long with it if you don't like it at all, and it should be something that I think you uh, have a, a nat- natural talent towards. So when I look back now, it makes sense because all my life I've, I've naturally been a, a pretty decent writer. Uh, but if you're not the best writer, maybe you're like more of a like a, an analytical type person. Then something like SEO or Facebook ads might make more sense if you don't mind being. Uh, like in the dashboard and looking at numbers. I can't stand that stuff, so it's not a fit for me. But for somebody who is and somebody who's good at that, then that's, that's a possibility. Uh, now, I do recommend freelance copywriting for a lot of people and especially email copywriting. Reason being is that copywriting is like the language of sales. It's the language of the internet, right? You cannot sell anything without writing even if you're using video, you still need writing. Cause you need some kind of a script. So if you're just starting out, email is perfect. And I still do it because it's just, it's, it's still copywriting, but it's a very, uh, it's short form of copywriting, right? Emails do not tend to be that long compared to, for example, a sales page. Sales pages tend to be a lot longer. Uh, so email is perfect if you're just getting started. Uh, and even if you want to do something else down the road, if you want to do e-commerce down the road, you should understand how to write copy. If you want to do SaaS down the road, you should understand copy. SaaS, typically they have terrible copy. Those guys just don't understand it. So it's, a perfect, it's perfect if you're just getting started. It's perfect if you want to do something else and pivot down the road. Uh, like I have, like I'm doing uh, some group coaching and info products. So it's just one of those skills like public speaking, uh, or paid traffic that you just, you're, you're always going to get benefit from it. So, so that's what I recommend. If you're starting out, start with email copywriting, start reading copy books uh, and we can talk about, about that, but start reading the books, start reading some, uh, free blogs. and listening to the podcast. You're going to learn a lot and start pitching start trying to get clients right away. You don't have to wait for six months. You don't have to wait for a year. Uh, I would, you know, spend a week or two, just d- dive in, spend a week or two, give yourself a little crash course, and then just start pitching and, and finding clients can start making money.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, I started off in e-com. You know, I started my physical product, uh, the Rugged Legacy Grooming Supply brand. Right. Uh, that expanded over the first year where I had, I went from like 12 products to over 40 products. And as far as the moving parts go, you're hundred percent. It's a hell of a lot more complicated and it is a huge pain in the ass when you're a one man show doing it. You know, it didn't get easier until I could hire a manufacturer and I could hire a, uh, a, a shipping department and I can hire people that handle customer service for me. Until I could do all of that, it sucked. I mean, I, was, <laughs> dude, I worked a nine to five and I was driving from home to work and I would stop at the post office because I had the inventory at my house. So I would pack orders at home. And then I, on, the way to the, on the way to work, I would drop off an, you know, all the orders at the post office, then go to work and come home on my lunch break, pick up the next batch that my wife had been packing. And that went on for like six months. Yeah. It sucked when i pivoted like you did now i'm still running rugged legacy but it's pretty much automated so i've got time to step back all right and so when i pivoted to information products it was immediately a lot less stressful oh yeah i mean i write in my own time and like what you were just suggesting i got into to email copywriting you know started building an email list uh i I did exactly what you suggested. I picked up a course, a nice little one-hour crash course. Said, "All right, screw it, let's do it." And within a week, I had like three thousand subscribers. Okay, That's cool, yeah. And you know, I noticed a lot, and I learned a lot from your emails. Actually, I'm on your email list, so go ahead, pat yourself on the back there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I learned a lot from your email list, and. From from an outsider's perspective, when you're just getting into email, it's scary. Like you have no idea what you're going to talk to these people about, especially yeah. if it's like your first time getting over. But what's scarier than that, and I haven't even done this yet, are the cold emails because everybody that was on my list, they wanted the emails, right? Now, the cold emails, those are, for me, a little more intimidating. And I know for a lot of people out there, It's also intimidating for them, even though they've just started doing it. But you have uh, email inception, your uh, information product that you put out there, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got a few now. Yeah, so how does one go straight into, as a beginner, cold emails? Okay, yeah, so
0: I've actually, I've got a few books to talk about cold emails. Hold on a second, I'm losing my, I got a frog in my throat. Uh, So yeah, email inception talks about how to get started if you're interested in freelance email copywriting. And there's, I think, a chapter in that book about cold emails, because it's one of the methods that you can use to try to find clients. Uh, The book that came out after that uh, is called uh, Cold Email Assassins. And that is 100% about cold email, uh, because like you're asking me right now cold email is one of those topics that continues to come up and i was like you know what i'll just put everything i know into one product so now if people have questions i'll just tell them to check out the product so that's that was cold email assassins was the result of that and and so that talks about everything i could I could possibly think of when it comes to cold emailing so when you're getting started and i guess i guess the first thing is talk about before you even get to cold emails is how it kind of makes people uncomfortable. Now I used to do cold calls. Like I used to be, um, I used to be in in real estate and I used to do like 200 cold calls a day. Uh, and that was nerve wracking in the beginning. The first time I I worked at a call center, those rough. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was like shaking at my desk and, uh, it was really awkward to call people and, and not get, well, first of all, most of them are not, are not going to get answered. Uh, so you're just going to call and it's going to ring a couple times and nothing happens, but then some, it's like you hear somebody pick up and you're just waiting to hear if they're going to be like angry with you. And, uh, and that was stressful. So I'm kind of, I'm used to that rejection part and, uh, So you gotta, you gotta have some tough skin. You gotta, and and cold emails way easier than cold calls because you don't get hung up on, you don't get people cursing you out. Uh, You just, just nothing happens. Uh, But you need to get used to that rejection. You have to get get used to that part because it's going to, to, to take some time. It's going to be a numbers game and you're not going to see results with the vast majority of cold emails, okay? So as far as getting started, though, so that's the little mindset piece. But as far as getting started, uh, you need to know who you are going to send emails to, right? You need to have a target. Uh, Same as if you were uh, posting on social media or going to job boards. First thing you need to know is, well, who the hell do I want to reach? So what I recommend is you create a a list. I use just a basic Google spreadsheet. That totally works. And you're going to target a specific type of client. Now that's gonna be different for everyone. It might be uh, fitness coaches, it might be supplement stores. Some guys are a little bit more broad, like guys in my group, they're, they're interested in uh, e-commerce, but they focus on like uh, all health and wellness brands. It could be uh, guys who, um, who sell men's care products, like, like your business. Right, So you need to have some kind of niche. You need to know who you're trying to reach. Uh, you can organize them that way. There's different ways you can, you can pursue niches, right? It could be like a type of industry, like, uh, like business coaches. It could be uh, companies that have a specific problem. Like with email, I recommend you look at companies who already have an email list, but for whatever reason, are not sending enough emails. Maybe they don't have the time, maybe they're too busy. Maybe they like you, like you, you're, you're a perfect example. You started with e-comm, but you didn't really know email when you started it. Right. Right. And then you started building your list. But then the question is, well, what do I send to my list? I don't know what to write. Perfect. You would have been a perfect client for a lot of people where they can come in and say, look, I know you got this store, I know, you got this great product. And I know you have an email list, but you don't know what to do when it comes to promoting your products to uh, your subscribers. So let me jump in and handle that for you. And now you can focus on whatever else you want to do, whether that's info products or coming up with new physical products for your store or whatever. Let me take that burden off your hands so you can, you can scale better. You know, and there's a lot, of, a lot of business owners in that situation who have that type of problem. So uh, without going too deep into the weeds, and we can go deeper if you want, but yeah, you got to start off with who you're going to talk to. I would create a a spreadsheet full of names and email addresses. And you just want some basic information on there, like what's the website? uh, When's the last time you emailed them? What happened? What's the status? Just basic things. And uh, then you start pitching. So now there's two schools of thought on this. I know some people will tell you that you want to scrape emails and come up with thousands of email addresses and send like 200 emails a day or whatever. That's like the mass outreach approach. Uh, And that's not what I recommend. I recommend, um, this is how I learned this from somebody else who did the same thing. And uh, what I recommend is a a much more personalized approach. Maybe you send four, five uh, emails a day, but they're very personalized. You've been following, hopefully, if you can find out who they are, you've been following them on social media, you've connected with them. And then by the time you reach out to them by cold email, that, that email is not completely cold because hopefully they've, they've heard of you, right? So you're not just some random person emailing them. Uh, and then I would recommend pitching a, a handful of people a day, make them super personalized uh, it's not just you popping a name into a template and send it out okay, you have to actually know a little bit about their business and yes, it's going to take more time, but your results tend to be better because it's a warmer email versus a truly cold email where you're just emailing random people. And I've, I've been on the other side of it too. I get cold emails every week and they're all terrible. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever gotten a good one. <laughs> Uh, And they all have the same issues. They are not personalized at all. They look like a template. Uh, They have simple spelling and grammar mistakes. They uh, just don't, they they don't, they obviously don't know anything about my business They're pitching me on things I don't want or need. So I've been on that side of it as well as somebody who gets them. And uh, I, I see a lot of the same mistakes over and over again.
1: Yeah, I get those too. And one thing that I suggested to one of my clients, and I thought it was a fantastic idea, and now he's making a whole lot of money. Um, He started off in graphic design with his cold emails, right? But what he started, or was web design. And what he started doing, um, he just made a Squarespace account. And then he would go to all these different businesses, look at their websites, and then remake them in, in his own version, you know, of improved and cleaner look. And then he would email that template to the company that he created for their business. I made this. It could improve your, you know, your SEO because I've added the keywords and da 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 da, all the way down. I listed everything that he did to improve their website that they already had that existed and said, I can make it yours for 1500 bucks. And then it's $1,000 a month uh, for a maintenance fee. He -hmm. has 20 clients now. Yep. He's making $20,000 a month and all he's doing is paying Squarespace to keep it running.
0: Yeah, perfect. Uh, That's that's a good example. That's one thing I recommend as well, is give them a sample uh, and give them something that they can actually use. The biggest, uh, the biggest hurdle is that most people just won't do it. They're just hoping that they're gonna send a code email and the client's gonna respond uh, like the next day and be ready to pay them money. And that rarely happens. You, you might get some of those, but usually you're not. So uh, to give you another example that goes along with what you were talking about with web design, you can do the same thing with copywriting. Write a few emails for the client and say, hey, I've got some emails for you. Um, like 've been, I've been I've been following you on online or I'm on your email list or whatever and I wrote a, e- a few emails for you uh, they're free and uh, you can you can use them and the only thing that I ask is that if they perform well um, do you let me know just let me know how they did and that's your whole pitch so that way you're offering something of value that they can use which most people are just I mean ninety 9% of people cold email are not gonna do that. Yes, it takes more work, but you do that and you're gonna see better results. On top of that, now, so, now the next question I know people are gonna ask is well, do I have to do this for every single business? <clears throat> and you could, but what you do is that you're not pitching completely, you're not using, uh, you're not offering completely different samples each time. So if I send you three emails, right, maybe I offer you an abandoned cart sequence for your e-commerce store. I go to the next store and offer them the same thing. I just tweak a couple things. You're going to change the name or the name of the product or whatever. Change a few things so that it's, it's relevant to the business you're pitching. And you do that again and again. So that way you're not starting from, completely from scratch. Instead, I would think of it like you have an asset that you can customize for the particular business. And you do that again and again. So that's that's good. The, the web design, <clears throat> the web design idea also works well because it's it's something valuable that the people can use. It helps you stand out. It's really hard to stand out. It demonstrates your work. It gives people an idea of what you can do. That's one of the big, big challenges when any company is trying to hire a freelancer. And I've been on that side of it as well, hiring freelancers or or, or assistants. Is you just don't know what they're going to be able to to do for you like what that's going to look like when they produce something like if i h- try to hire a writer it's i don't even care to really see what you've written for somebody else i want to know what you can write for me it's hard to imagine that unless i can see it so uh, if you can offer a uh, potential clients something like that that they can kind of just plug into their business right away with little effort
1: then that's a big plus yeah absolutely um, to me it's kind of along the lines of a you know it's, it's basically you a mini portfolio like what you would see when you're trying to find a good tattoo artist you want to see what kind of work they've done right, right. now majority of late, you know skins all the same as you know so you're not going to need to customize or tweak anything tattoo wise but you still want to see the quality of their work you know you, you see that their work is shoddy you know maybe the lines aren't right eh, i'm gonna go to a different artist but that takes a lot of a, a lot of the doubt out of uh the person who's going to be doing the hiring, you know, it, it removes a lot of their doubt if they can see that it's going to work. And I really liked your, uh, your email example, Write Three emails, four email, five, you know, Hey, Hey, use these over the next month. If they do well, let me know. And you do that to five, six, seven, ten 10 businesses. And they start plugging them in. There's a chance that they do one of those five that you sent them and they start getting immediate results from it. And it's, much higher than what they were getting previously. You're not going to have to wait the entire months. Someone's going to call you. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, it's true. I the barriers the uh what's well, not the barrier, but the the competition is is kind of is kind of weak, right? Most people aren't going to do that. They, I think I think a lot of people would almost feel like it's it's easier to just mass email and send tons of emails and they're going to be like, Oh, well, it's a numbers game. And, and it's true. It is. But you just have to send so many and it, it, uh, it's harder in a sense because you're just, you're not making a connection with people. You know, you're not making a connection like I would with you if, like we've follow, we've we've known of each other on Twitter for a while, right? Like I could I could totally do this with you, where I, I think you know what I I might like him as a client. Maybe let me let me pitch him and see what I can do. And I send you a direct message on Twitter because so I, I know I can, right? You know, I don't even have to send you a cold email because right? hey man, I've was looking at, I've been looking at your store. I can see you're creating new products now. That's awesome. I remember when you just had a few. Um, well anyway, I'd like to see if there's a way we can work together. And I went ahead and I created a few emails for you uh, because I noticed you don't have an abandoned cart sequence where I could say, I created a few emails for you that you could use as broadcast. So maybe you can send them out in, in next week and use them to, uh, to promote your store and, uh, and a couple of your newer products. And, uh, and, and just so you know, you don't have to pay me anything for that. I just want you to, to be able to use them if you don't have to obviously you're under no obligation but uh, if you want to here they are i've attached them in a google doc all you got to do is upload them to your email uh, provider send them out and uh yeah keep me posted if they do well if you like how they did just let me know and we can talk about what it would look like if we wanted to, to continue working together you know that's the
1: pitch you yeah just, and you just sold me on up. that because it was extremely personal it was extremely relevant to um what i do and it was also at the same time you know by the way you don't even have to use them if you don't want but i just thought if you like them you can let me know and we'll see what it would look like if we work together that right there removes any of the the tension that would normally arise one because i know you already and two because i'm not thinking this guy's trying to hard sell me something
0: yeah yeah it it was a very it was a very uh hands-off kind of soft sell. It wasn't, and I didn't, I didn't like make it like an obligation on your part where you're like, ah, this kind of makes you uncomfortable. This guy's giving me this thing and I feel like I got to do it now. Like, it's not like that at all. It's just kind of like, Hey man, here's something for you. If you want to use it, great. If not, no big deal. <laughs> and it's, it, it removes that awkwardness or that tension, like you said, so that it uh, it's, uh, it it, it kind of like diffuses any kind of like tension in that potential tension in that type of situation
1: yeah and see I've done this I've done that with a couple of my clients where I say hey I'm gonna use you for recon all right I'm looking at getting into freelance this or freelance that or uh, this product or that product whatever it may be and it's someone that I know personally or have interacted with on you know at least a regular basis and we're familiar with each other. Wondering if you could throw this out to your audience, see how they react to it, and you just let me know the results. Hey this is Nate from Unlimited Life Concepts and we teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. Imagine being able to earn interest off of every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. We offer a lifetime membership to our financial education platform for $77, but right now you can use promo code RuggedLegacy and save 50% off. With Go Hunt America, you can experience your own outdoor adventure at the touch of your finger. You can find hunting, fishing, and camping spots anywhere in the U.S., put there by private landowners, and you can even list your own. It doesn't matter if it's a large tract of land or a small duck blind. Just go to GoHuntAmerica.com to get started. Coming soon to the Google Play and Apple App Store. Okay, I'm not asking them, hey, hire me if you like it. But that's a conversation that could come up. Hey, you know what? I did the recon for you. My people really dug it. You know, it actually helped me out. Oh, that's great. So um, do you think uh, you know of anyone who would be interested in these services? Obviously, that's not, it's kind of a roundabout sell to them, you know. Yeah. But then, they like, hey, you know, what? if you want to do it for me, what would you charge me? You know, it, it's very casual conversation. And I think that's what gets lost in a lot of pitches. You know, they, they try to make it too corporate, too formal. And if you just talk to them like you're not a robot or you're reading from a script, you're going to get a whole lot more conversions.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, you don't even have to talk about uh, working together at the end, like I did in that, that example a minute ago. You could just say, uh, well, anyway, if you end up using them, just let me know how they did. Yes, yeah. I don't have to talk about, well, we can talk about working together. We can talk about my rates. We, we can uh, talk about another project. You don't have to say anything like that. And I, I told the guys in my group, the same thing is if they, if they use it, if they use whatever you sent and it gets them any kind of result, they're going to tell you, they're not going to not follow up with you. They're going to say, Hey man, that's a, those emails you sent, like I, I got a bunch of sales, or they're gonna say, "Hey, these these actually, you know, they they didn't sell as as much as I would have liked, but you know what? The open rates were better than what I usually see in my own emails. So, you know, maybe we can we can do a few more of these, and uh, and see see how that works out. You know, they're gonna they're gonna come back to you. It doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't, because if, if if, well, as soon as a business owner gets a taste of better results,
1: right? Uh, they're going to want more. It's just natural. Oh, 100%. You know, anytime that I try something new and it works, I immediately write that down. That's going back in the repeat box. Uh-huh. And so you could do the same thing as a freelancer. You, know, you do something for someone pro bono, you know, here's a sample, try it, you know. It's almost like being a drug dealer. Here, try this. You like the hit? You're going to get them. Yeah. You're going to get them yeah, hooked and want have them wanting to come back. But yeah, it's it's just like, I, I
0: need to, I need an ad lat more joke to throw in here.
1: Yeah. You know, try crack. It'll work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give them a little taste.
1: But now why is it, why do you think people make freelancing in anything so complicated? Because, you know, we've been talking a good 35, 45 minutes about it and it's, we haven't revealed anything that's this groundbreaking revelation, you know, it's anything yeah, that we've talked about, anybody can do. Yeah.
0: It's really not that complicated. It, I think the, the big, uh, just off the top of my head, a couple of the big issues are that one, people think they need to run their freelance business the way they imagine a much larger business is run. Like they think they they want, need to run it like, a, I don't know, like a fortune 500 company or a company with like 50 employees and you don't, it's much, much different uh, when you work by yourself, or maybe you got a couple, a couple of VAs. Like I have a VA who helps me, but it, you run it much differently. So you can, you, like your advantage is is that you're a small business. Like uh, You don't have to try to pretend you're a larger business. I know some guys would be like, oh, like I have an agency. Uh, but you don't have to do that because a lot of your potential clients probably don't want to work with an agency because they, they think it's going to be a big pain in the ass. Uh, they know that turnaround times are slower. They know they can't talk to the decision maker all the time. Uh, they know that there's a lot of different layers to get in or steps to getting anything done. And they don't want that they want a freelancer they want just one person who's going to come in to solve a very specific problem and that's to your advantage if you're a freelancer the other thing is i think people waffle a lot when it comes to niches and offers and we talk about that a lot in my group where it's uh it's like well i just don't know who i want to work with and like like some of the guys have come in recently and they're interested in e-com. So I'm like, okay. But what does that mean? What kind of store do you want to work with? Cuz they're talking about physical product stores, right? So I'm like, well what what kinds of physical product stores do you want to work with? Because e-com is like really broad. That's like that's any kind of business that sells a physical product. There's there's millions of those. So let's see if we can, we can get a little bit deeper and more specific to find out like what it is you actually want to do and also what you don't want to do. So usually I'll start there and I'll say, well, what types of stores do you, are you not interested in working with? Like if, if there was a store who uh, wanted to focus on or, the, or that sells women's jewelry, for example, women's clothes. I know nothing about that. I don't know. Uh, that wouldn't really interest me. Um, I wouldn't be interested in writing emails for that type of in- niche or product all the time, uh, and that's me, so then I asked them the same question like what well, what do you not want to do or what have you done maybe with a couple clients that you liked and then we started to like so
1: there it looks like, yeah, it looks like you froze up there for a second.
0: Oh, yeah, I lost you for a second uh so i was I was rambling about uh why. Freelancers have a tough time focusing, so I, I don't know what you heard last. I was just we saying were that, talking
1: about the uh, why you can't write emails for women's clothing. Yes, yes, I have. I don't
0: know what I'm talking about in that <laughs> in that situation. So yeah, think first. I would say think about what you don't want to do. Right? What are you not interested in doing? <clears throat> uh, so maybe you're not interested in working with a. Uh, with, uh, with physical products. That's possible too. Maybe you like selling info products for clients. So you can totally do that. Maybe you just want to focus on, on business owners who sell online courses. That's another opportunity. Or maybe you like brick and mortar businesses like chiropractors or dentists. You can totally do that as well. So, uh, so there's that. Then another part is the offer. And we can talk about that too. But a lot of people get stuck on the offer. Like they'll say, well, I write copy for, for business owners and I'm like, uh, you know, we need to do better than that because that's just so broad. Like if you say, I write copy for business owners, it's just like selling it, It's like a restaurant saying like, yeah, we, we sell food. Like it, it's right. It's just way too broad. You're not going to get anyone's attention that way. You're not going to stand out. So I think those are probably, those are two of the areas where people get stuck. And the other one is client acquisition. Like we were talking about uh, cold emails earlier, but cold emails aren't the only way to get clients. You can get clients from social media. You can get them from job boards. Obviously that can be hit or miss. You might not get the best, best clients, but for your complete beginner, that's great for you. You should see it as a good thing. Cause if you go on one of these sites like Upwork and you've never done this before, and you've never run a business, you're going to learn how to communicate with clients. You're going to learn how to pitch. You're going to learn how to start building a workflow. Like when you, when you collect money from a client, what's step one, what's step two, what's step three? Uh, you're going to figure, you're going to hopefully get some kind of testimonial or case study out of it. Uh, you're, if you have a, get a second client, now you need to figure out how you're going to work with your clients. How do you go back and forth without your business, blowing up in smoke, right? Yeah, and, you certainly don't want to try to take on
1: too much and then have quality yeah, suffer.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I know, I know guys will get turned off with job boards, but all of that is, it gives you the experience you need. You cannot, you cannot grow a, a, a bigger business or you cannot grow a better business when you have all these inefficiencies. Like you need to know, this is how I get a client and these are the five or six steps that I need to follow each every single time You know, like McDonald's, this is how we make burgers. These are the five or six steps we follow every single time to get to this next phase. Then in this phase, these are the next five or six things I need to do in this order. And just like any comp store, you need to have that whole thing working efficiently so that you're not starting from scratch every time you're like, oh, I don't know what to do next. Or, "Hmm, yeah, I'm not sure what I would do here. Uh, that's why it gets confusing. You're just, you just, you have no clear path. So as soon as possible, you got to think about these things. Who is my target, right? Who's my niche? Who's my audience? Who's my ideal customer and who is not, uh, what is my offer? What exactly am I going to do for this client? Like if it's emails, uh, do you just say, well, I am just going to write all your emails or do you say, well, I'm going to write your daily emails, I'm going to write five emails a week. Uh, do you do any product launches? Do you do any type of, type of uh, autoresponders? How much are you going to charge? Uh, when do you, do you do them one by one? Do you look, deliver them as a batch, right? You got to go through the motions and ask yourself these questions. And then uh, client acquisition. How do I get a client? Like if I send a cold email to a client and they respond and say they're interested in working with me, what happens now? Do we keep emailing? Do we hop on, the, on Skype? Uh, wait, but before we get to Skype, do I send them a link to my calendar or do I just go back and forth and say, well, what time would work for you? Uh, you know, how do these things actually happen? You got to think like, how does a business run? A business does not run with you constantly guessing at every step. You need to know what happens and why. And hopefully you've tested a couple of different things so you find better ways to do what you're already doing.
1: hundred percent. And with the workflow, you know, with step one, how to reach out to a potential client, step two, what to do when they, when, you know, they get the hook, right? Yeah. For me, I've worked with people that I've hired and the ones that didn't have a workflow, the ones that would, you know, email me back, like what you were just saying and said, uh, what time works for you? I mean, are you not so busy that you have to fit me in? Because that makes me think that maybe, you know, you don't have a whole lot going on and you can just fit me in wherever. It, it gives me this perception of you're not that in demand if you'll yeah. take my call at 2 a.m. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so when, well, it's like when I got you onto the podcast, I shot you a calendar, you picked the date. If if you have to schedule it, you know, six, seven, nine weeks out, that's fine. But those are the only days available, right? And it, yeah, it Exactly. And someone who does that, it shows that they value their time and they're only allotting specific spots for specific things.
0: Yeah, like I, like we talked about before we hit record, I typically do my calls in the afternoons. I usually do them between like 12 and 2 p.m. Uh, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So it's actually rare for me to hop on the phone with somebody in, on, a, on a Monday morning uh, like it is now. But uh, yeah, you need to think of, about how an, a real businesses run like you're not i was just updating one of my books yesterday and i was changing the example in there and i was like you know you wouldn't uh you're not going to call your dentist at three o'clock in the morning it's just not going to happen you have to talk to them during office hours and you have to set an appointment and and all these things so you should run your freelance business the same way and uh you made it you just made a good point which uh which I I tell my students about, which is you cannot make yourself too available. Even if you are, even if you just started today, this week, you can't make yourself too available because it lowers your positioning. And positioning is a big thing that doesn't get talked about that much, but it is a factor. It is a factor how potential clients see you and think of you and your goal should be to position from day one, should be to start to position yourself as an in-demand expert, right? So 100%. <clears throat> if you and I uh, were to, uh, let's say I send you a cold email or let's say I, I just cold pitched you on social media uh, or I found you on a job board, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. Uh, or I met you in an event. I'm, I'm going to give you my calendar availability i use a tool for that which everyone should do you shouldn't go back and forth in emails because that's that's a waste of time uh and it's easier to make mistakes i send a link to my i used to use calendly now i use you can book me but it's basically the same type of thing it's my online calendar i send it to you and i have specific times that are open throughout the week i try not to do calls on mondays or fridays because monday is more like a like a creative writing and planning day and then fridays i kind of like to to take off early And uh, I will give you specific times, Tuesday through Thursday, where I can talk. And if we, so that's one example where you have those specific boundaries set. The other thing is if you were to start working with a potential client, you're not going to start the, the project, you're not gonna start work the next day, right? You never do that because it makes it look like you had nothing going on, right? And then you're gonna kind of like think like, wait a minute, this guy talked himself up and he made it sound like he was like real busy and he had all these clients and stuff and was doing all these things so how the hell is he able to fit me in and start tomorrow that doesn't make any sense so what i tell my guys is to usually give it at least a week maybe more uh so you space it out a little and uh don't make it sound like you just got your own one and only client and you have nothing else to do uh and some people might be a little bit turned off like, by that, like you're playing games and stuff. But I always, you always want to protect your, your position. Your positioning is another way of, of saying like your, your reputation, right? And client wants to feel like they just got a, a great deal and they hired a great person and they want to feel really good about that. They don't want to feel like, oh, I hired this guy and he kind of sucks and I'm just not that confident in him right? Nobody wants that. You want to, you want to feel like you found a great freelancer nobody else no, really knows about, but they're like just really good. And they just work with a few select clients. Uh, you're going to feel better about that. And yeah, you know, he's real busy. We can't start our way, right away, but he said, we're going to start next week. So I'm amped up about that. And I, I feel like uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do for me.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's what, that's what I do with my clients. I have, I have three coaching clients right now. And I only take on four at any given time yeah. because that takes away from the time that I have with my family. It takes away time that I have to do these podcasts and, you know, with writing or whatever I've got else going on, it takes away from that. And so I may have, you know, and I just released one client. That's why I haven't opened now, but before I had, you know, four clients, <laughs> 10 people. We're going, Hey, let me know when a spot opens up, keep the pipeline full. And yeah, it creates a little bit of a demand. Well, he's not even seeing any more clients yet, you know? And so they know that if I've got people waiting and there are more people, you know, backed up in the pipeline, that does show that what I do is worth the money. What I help them with is worth their money. Right. And I've got my whiteboard, I've got my tool calendar, and I'm, it's, it's really important to make sure that nothing overlaps, because then you end up screwing over one client for the sake of another. Yep. You know, but for me, I've always found that if I have a hard time getting your time, you're worth it. You know, if I wanted to reach out to you and say, Dennis, I want you to write all of my emails for me. And it takes a week or two weeks before you can even give me the first batch of emails. That just builds my anticipation going, oh, man, you know, th- this guy's writing a lot of emails for a lot of people. It must be r- really in demand. You know, It gives you that more perceived value for the client. Yeah. And then it makes me feel like I'm getting, uh, getting something worth it because everybody wants this guy. Yeah, I think it kind of plays into the scarcity thing, too, when you're running, you know, either sales or a limited sale. You know, when you have that urgency, sale ends at midnight. If you get in, you get in. If you don't, you don't. It creates that urgency. So if you've only got limited client spots available, you know, you get in or get out. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's another, another advantage of running a
0: small business, that there's only one of you. So you, you can only do so much. And, and freelancers tend to tend to kill themselves working a lot of hours, trying to accommodate more clients or trying to do too much work for their, their existing clients. And they, they don't have to, because you're gonna hit your limit pretty fast. So you need to be smart about it and, and be smart about what you actually do for your clients. And this goes back to offers, which is uh, you know, what, what specific things are you doing for them Uh, instead of trying to do everything, I'll, I'll see, I'll find people that are trying to do copywriting and content writing. So they'll write emails, blog posts, uh, website copy and all these other things. And right away, I'll, I'll let them know that's probably too much because you can't, you're not going to get known for anything. You're just kind of doing whatever you're doing everything. And you're constantly switching your types of tasks, which makes it harder to deliver. Like if, you know, that's why, again, with the fast food examples, like I I used to work at, um, I worked at one or two places and you have stations, right? Like you have, you have like the fried station or you have like the grill station. Uh, You don't have anybody doing all those things. You have it split up because it's a lot easier for you to keep doing the same task over and over again. So if I do emails over and over again, or if all I do is write blog posts over and over again, you can start to, or if I do Facebook ads for clients, you can start to build a process and frameworks and systems and formulas and all these things, because you've done it now several times. And now hopefully you're starting to pick up on like, okay, what are the things that I really do need what do I not need? You know, how do I shorten the distance from A to B and get these things done faster? Uh, and now you start running your business much,
1: in a much more organized fashion. Yeah. And, you know, we're coming up on the, uh, the hour mark here, but that did bring me to something. Uh, I've, I had one of my clients, you know, they're already paying me a monthly retainer but they wanted me to do something that was not in my offer. And I told them, no, I told them I could refer them to someone else. Cause that's just not what I do. Yeah. You know, could you help me optimize my SEO? I can, because I did it for mine, but that's not what you're paying me for. You're paying me to do this. Yeah. You know, I know guys who are much better at it than me that can do that and they'll charge you whatever they charge you. Yeah. But that goes right into what you were saying. You, t- you try to do everything or too much for one client. And if it's outside the scope of the work that you do, it makes you look desperate if you're going, Yeah, I'll do that for you too. So you're taking on more work and you're not getting paid for it. And that's a no no in the freelance game.
0: Yeah, that's that's beginner stuff, where you, you just client jumps and you say how high and you're like, Yeah, sure. I'll do that too. Whatever you need, I'll get it done. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be like that. Uh, what you, what you do in that situation is just like you you said, you handled it perfectly. Uh, tell the client. Well, yeah, you tell the client that's that's not what you do. I would even say that ahead of time. So be- before you start working together, uh, this can be in a web page. This can be in a document you have that you share with a client when you start working with them as part of your onboarding process. This can be in one of your uh, your calls with them, but make it clear, this is what I do, but also this is what I don't do. So I'll tell people up front, look, I do emails. Um, I can do some sales pages if you need it. Cool. We can talk about that. But my main thing is emails. So I don't write blog posts. I don't do face. Uh, I don't do Facebook ads. I don't do website copy. I can advise you. I can act like a consultant. I can give you suggestions, but that's not something I, I do myself. If you do want help with that, let me see if I can connect you with somebody in my network who can help you. Right. At least that way they're still getting help, hopefully. And if they find somebody good, you look like the hero. Uh, Hopefully there are people you kind of like pre-vetted and know uh, the quality of their work. And then it's up to you if you wanna do like referral deals with them as well, which is something you can also do. But you raised a good point earlier because you mentioned your family right? Like, Oh, I don't want to take on another client because I got my family and it's just too much. Uh, and this is something else that I'm really big on. And if somebody has been following me in my emails and on social media, they, they probably know this, but you need to think about how your business fits into your lifestyle, right? In the beginning, maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't care about working seven days a week or eight hours a day and, and doing that because you just, you just want the money and, and you just want to ramp up your income. But I think for most people, you need to think about what you actually want your life to look like and how your business fits into that, right? Because maybe you don't want to work Fridays. You just want to take Fridays off and do three-day weekends all the time. Or maybe, <clears throat> maybe you like to start later in the day. Maybe you don't want to work first thing in the morning. So whatever that looks like for you, I would start right now by thinking about what does that look like like maybe you think of, you know, of your day as time blocks or containers and you're like, well, I'm going to work with clients from, I'll do my client work from 12 to three or on my office hours or like from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., which is going to be mine. Uh, but think about, you know, what do what those hours look like? And then what do I want to do within those hours? And then how are you going to protect those hours uh, so that you're, you can focus on work when you're supposed to be focusing on work? And that's so say you have your free time outside of work to do whatever you want, whether it's hang out with your family or, or go to the gym or whatever, uh, you need to think about you know, what that actually looks like to you so that, because otherwise the clients are going to encroach on that, right? Unless you tell them no, unless you tell them this is how I work and how I run things, they're going to ask you maybe to do, to do other things or they're going to ask you for things outside of the, your, those hours and it happens all the time.
1: So you have to be very clear about that from the beginning. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. But we are on that time. So Dennis, thanks for coming on, man. I know a lot of people are really gonna get a lot out of this. Thank you, I, I, we had a good talk and uh, I'm glad we, we did it. Yeah, like I said, you know, for me, freelancing is pretty much the beginning of anything. I was a freelance uh, beard grooming product guy when I first started. And then it grows into what it's going to be because you can start as a freelancer, like we mentioned earlier. You start as a freelancer, and then all of a sudden you are you maybe have one or two direct clients, and you're just a private agent, you know, that works for one particular guy or two particular guys. But you get your feet wet with freelancing, so I think it's really important that we, you know, describe everything that we did uh, in this episode so that. The guys who are just getting started or maybe have been in it for a while and are starting to hit the rocks, they can kind of course correct a little bit and get on the the right track of where they need to be.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, like I said, I guess we could recap by number one, who's your target? Who is your ideal client? Who do you want to work with and who do you not want to work with? So what does that look like? Uh, Number two is what is your offer? What are you going to give them? Why are they going to pay you money? Like what, are you, what exactly, and when I say exactly, I mean exactly. What are you specifically gonna do for them to help them grow their business? How much are you gonna charge them? And, uh, and why should they you know, choose you to help them? You have to be clear on that.
1: And, and how often they're gonna see you.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly, <clears throat> exactly. Like with, with my clients, I, I tend to, I try to do a weekly check-in. So we're like, hey, here's what happened last week, here's what we're doing this week. Um, it depends on, on what type of, 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 uh, work I'm doing for them exactly. But you got to be in in constant communication with them. You don't want the client to say, well, I haven't heard this from this guy for two weeks. What's going on. Right. You need to be in contact. Uh, so that's the second piece. And third piece is how do I get clients? It's a big one. How do I get clients? if I'm using cold emails or social media or job boards, or another uh, method, how do I get clients what what do I send what do I post or what do I send to get their attention uh, if they if i make if I make contact with them what's the next step and what's the step after that? Do we talk over email over messenger over chat on the phone? any of those work it doesn't have to just be over the phone, but what does that look like? What do I say? What does a sales call look like um, How do I invoice clients, right? Do you use PayPal? Do you use something else? How do I collect money? And then what happens after we start working together? How soon do we start working together? What does the onboarding process look like? We didn't really talk about that today, but there should be some kind of onboarding process. Um, Then what does it look like when I am working with a client? And are we doing projects? Are we doing retainer-based work? Um, Lots lots of questions are going to come up, Right. If you're just getting started, if you've already worked with a couple clients, you still need to go back and revisit that and think about how you can make all of those things more efficient so it's it's working the way it should. Right.
1: And a lot of these questions that we didn't cover, a lot of them are just strictly self-answerable as you go along through the process. You know, they're, you're going to hit a, a, a point when you're working with a client or trying to get a client. And, okay, how could I make this a whole hell of a lot easier for the next time? And then you just self-correct. So, I mean, there's no strict right way to do it. You just have to have some kind of system in place.
0: You should, but I'll, I'll add a, a point to that, which is it's a lot easier to do those things when you have a second set of eyes. Oh, uh,
1: 100%. So, we're, so hire a no. dentist. That's what we're saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, or you, because you're, you're doing coaching, right? Yeah. Uh, You're coaching with a few people. So, I mean, you just can't compare. If you have a second set of eyes on your business to look at your copy, to look at your systems, to look at your products and your offers and everything you do, it does help. Cause they're going to, they're going to tell you from experience um, how things should or could work. They're going to give you better ways to do things. And when you're like constantly in it, it's it's really hard. I, I have, I have my coaches and mentors as well. And I ask them for advice, because when you're working on it all the time, it's really hard for you to like step outside of it and take a look and come up with a solution. You, you can come up with solutions, but you just, you're always got that, that kind of like voice in the back of your head. You're like, okay, I know I can do it this way, but I just don't know if this is the, the right way or the best way to do it. Maybe there's an easier way that I'm just not thinking of.
1: And that's where a, a coach can help you. hundred percent. But... Guys, thanks for listening. That's going to do it for this episode of the Rugged Legacy Podcast. This has been me, Jeff Putnam, the one and only, and Dennis Punctuality Doesn't Matter to I'm giving him a hard time because he was late today, but that's all right. But again, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash ruggedlegacy and click on the support icon. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.